Hello and welcome to my podcast, where I, as a psychologist and priest, examine the gospel. My name is Peter Doherty. I'm a Catholic priest and a psychologist who integrates both psychology and scripture studies to understand the gospels and to seek out practical teachings. Today's podcast focuses on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 22 to 40. This gospel will be proclaimed on Sunday, January 31st, 2023. In this gospel, Mary and Joseph are presenting Jesus in the temple. It was customary for the Jewish parents to present their firstborn son at the temple. They would make a gift of turtle doves bought at the temple as part of the ritual. If the family was rich or wealthy, they would present a lamb as a gift. We get a sense that Mary and Joseph were not wealthy, but were observant of the law. This presentation of Jesus in the temple changes when Simeon and Anna show up and begin to speak. I immediately find it interesting that neither Simeon or Anna had any official standing within the synagogue. Luke makes it clear that both were holy people and lived lives committed to their faith. They both reflected a deep understanding of who this child would be. I compare their response to the disciples, who clearly did not understand, even when they were with Jesus. Anna and Simeon's faith commitment give them the eyes of faith to recognize the Messiah, even when Jesus was still a baby. I'm not sure just how comforting their words were to Mary and Joseph. We have greater insight in Simeon's. He was righteous and devoted, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. He has the gift of knowledge that he would be able to recognize the baby as the Messiah. He is also guided by the Spirit to go to the temple at the time Jesus, Mary, and Joseph would be there. His words, when he's holding the baby, provide the background of the last prayer at night prayer, an important part, um, part prayer sorry, for many. He predicts the future of the child, who would be one to bring about major changes in people's lives and in society. He doesn't make his predictions for only Jesus, but points out that Mary would suffer as well. Indeed, she did see her son on the cross 33 years later. I find his last comment to be fascinating, so that the hearts of many may be revealed. I find it interesting that Simeon is talking about hearts. Jesus criticized the Pharisees, who were so focused on adherence to the law that they could be quite insensitive to the pain of the people and were quite heartless to help them. Matthew chapter 23 verse 4 talks about the Pharisees laying heavy burdens but not lifting a finger to move them. In Mark chapter 2 verse 27 is even clearer when Jesus reminds them that the Sabbath was made for humans, not humans for the Sabbath. While Jesus never spoke out against the law, he did criticize the Pharisees for their hard-hearted adherence to the law. Jesus was not the first to talk about having a heart. The prophets, Ezekiel, chapter 36, verse 26, and the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, 33, talk about having a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone. And the New Testament, Hebrews 8, verse 10, focuses on the same theme. The law is important, but the rules are meant to be a means to an end, the betterment of humanity. The second conversation is with Anna, an elderly widow. We know little about her, and Luke does not mention anything she says, although she did speak to the family. Being a woman and a widow, she did not have much influence or support. Society was very male-dominated, and women in biblical times did not have many rights. Sadly, we miss her words of wisdom. We do know that she is a woman of faith. Luke goes into great lengths to show she had a deep commitment to her faith. 
Even though she had the title of prophetess, it is ironic that Luke does not include what she says. I wonder if it was luck that she was there. Luke describes Simeon as being led by the Holy Spirit to come to the temple. Anna just seems to be there. Her faithfulness is rewarded. I am curious that there is no record of the high priest saying anything. He had official standing within the synagogue. I wonder if Luke is pointing out that the Holy Spirit is active in people's lives because of their faith and not from any standing within the church hierarchy. Jesus takes up the same theme in John chapter 8, verse 33 to 47, where Jesus challenges those who believe they have a special status because they are descended from Abraham. Jesus makes it crystal clear that faith would be their salvation, not their heritage. I doubt Mary and Joseph fully understand what Anna and Simeon prophesied. Likely, it would make more sense after the fact. Our experiences are similar. How many of us have said, have said, if I knew only then what I know now? How many of us have missed the signals in our youth and only understand those events years later? The words of Simeon are so powerful that they outline what it means to be a follower of Christ. Let me explain. How many of us have experienced unexpected, unplanned changes in our lives? I would go as far as to say that most of my work as a psychologist is helping people deal with change in their lives. The rise and fall of many suggest unstable times. When we wonder where God is in the chaos that we experience, we might want to remember the words that Simeon prophesied. We need to remember that what we are going through was not unexpected. I want to draw your attention to Simeon's warning to Mary that her heart would be pierced by a sword. How many of us have experienced that sword of loss of someone or something dear to us? We are called to be a people of hope. Yet let me remind you that hope and disappointment go side by side. The pain of knowing the loss of what should or could have been can feel like a sword piercing our hearts. Pain is not fun. We are given a choice, though. We can withdraw and protect ourselves from involvement in life, a life that could leave us wounded. Life would be superficial, but safe and relatively pain-free. If one keeps busy, they don't have to deal with the emptiness of a superficial life. I cannot help but wonder if the cause of addiction in society is people medicating themselves so they don't have to experience the pain of life. We call that in the, in the profession self-medication. I've often asked children, and I'm sure you may have as well, what they want to be when they grow up. I've been doing this for 50 years, and not once have I ever had a child say that when they grow up, they want to be an addict. What happened in their lives? Yes, time can heal all wounds, but we still have scars. If you're going to live your life fully following Christ, you will end up with scars. It's ironic that scars in our society and culture are seen as a disfigurement, something to disguise or hide. And yet scars are a testimony of someone who has lived and is still alive to spend despite the losses and pain in this world. They're not just a survivor, but one who has experienced all of life. Perhaps for us who desire to follow Christ is to know our scars. There's a quote from Father Richard Rohr from his book, A Spring Within Us, a book of daily medication, meditation, sorry, where he writes, if we do not transform our pain, we'll most assuredly transmit it. Let us take 
this time to look at our scars? Do they direct us to, for, to empathy for others who carry the pain? Rather than try to fix pain, can we dare to look at the wisdom that comes from scars? It may seem strange to talk about scars and wisdom, but yes, scars can be a source of wisdom. But unresolved wounds can lead to bitterness and more pain. Sadly, I've seen many religious people with unresolved wounds. They can do so much damage to others. Dealing with life is an important part of growing up. If we don't deal with life issues, then we remain children. I suspect we all know people who have never grown up. Usually, everything is about them. Small issues are major catastrophes. They do not have empathy for others and, be can, and can be quite entitled. They are wounded children in an adult body. It's quite sad. Even as an adult, if you are not moving forward, you are moving backwards. I suspect that you may know people who fit this description. So in conclusion, the Gospel today, the presentation in the Temple, is not just a historical event, but provides us insights into the mission of Jesus and offers to us a roadmap of what living a mature life following the teachings of Jesus Christ will involve. Tomorrow is New Year's. I urge you to let this reading be a source of healing for you. I wish you a blessed New Year. Thank you for listening. If this is the first time you've heard my podcast and you're interested in hearing more, I urge you to listen to my first podcast where I outline my approach. Also, you can reach me by email at peter.dohertyomi at gmail.com. If you have any questions or concerns or suggestions on how I can make this podcast more effective, please let me know. I'm always interested in ideas and suggestions. Take care and God bless.